All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Random Banter Podcast. This is episode 55, and today I have with me a very interesting and very special guest. Would you care to introduce yourself real quick? Sure. My name is Scott Perkins. I'm the Senior Director of Preservation and Collections at Falling Water in Mill Run, Pennsylvania. So real quick, before we get into the questions, would you mind just explaining, um, first off, what Falling Water is to those of uh, my audience who might not know, and what you what you do there? Sure. Falling Water is a, is a house. Uh, it was designed for the Kaufman family, Edgar Kaufman Sr., his wife Lillian, uh, their son, Edgar Kaufman Jr., um, and it was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright uh, and completed in 1937 with a guest house added uh, in 1939. And it's a very famous house. Uh, it's um, on many lists. It's a National Historic Landmark. In yeah. 2019, it became a UNESCO World Heritage Site, which we're very thrilled about. Nice. Um, and it's been one of the most published houses, most um, talked about houses and visited houses Um of the 20th century. In 1963, after both of his parents had died, Edgar Kaufman Jr. donated it to the Western Pennsylvania Conservancy, which has taken care of it now for 60 years. So this is a, the 60th year that we've done tours of the house, uh, which we do um, uh, pretty much all year round. We take the winter off and do some work in the winter. Um, so my job as, um, as the director of preservation is to um, take care of the building, obviously. Um, make sure that all of the different materials and systems are taken care of. We deal with any leaks, we deal with any um, damage. And then the other half of my job is collections care, which would be all of the furnishings, the artwork, uh, and the archival material that we have here pertaining to the history of the house. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So um, we're, we're going to be pretty much dealing with um, the uh, my questions are pretty much going to be dealing with the um, the art pieces and the the collection at uh, yeah. Falling Water, just because I'm curious about some of that. So I, I am curious if you know um, just an estimate or if you know the exact number of how many pieces there are in the entire collection. Yeah, we have uh, it's it's well over 3000 pieces uh, wow. and those would be primarily um, items that are in the house itself, and then uh, any um, duplicates or replacement objects um, that we've acquired over the past six decades uh, that are kept in a storage building, a, a collection storage building, which is also where our archives are kept. Okay. So we have, um, we have a bulk of the collection on view in the house. Most of it is um, original to the family's ownership of the house, and mm -hmm. over time, um, we've replaced objects um, here and there, mostly with very similar objects, like rugs, for instance. Um, you know, the historic rug collection is not being used in the house right now. We have um, replacement rugs that we've acquired over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how often are the pieces like rotated in and out of the house? The pieces that have the most contact with visitors, which primarily is the rug collection. Those are um, rotated out about three times a year and they mm -hmm. go up for repair, they go up for cleaning and then they're put into storage. We have about a hundred rugs that we rotate throughout the house, um, but only five of them are ever on view. So we have mm -hmm. a good rotation system for the rugs. Other things that get replaced often are things like bedspreads, tablecloths, 
um, which we do seasonally just to kind of give a little bit of a, you know, new look to the, yeah. to the house. And then for the dining, for the dining table, for instance, we're also replacing dinnerware each season just to kind of keep it interesting a little bit. Um, but primarily everything is, is as is we don't rotate anything out really, unless it's in need of conservation or, or repair. Um, so most of it is, is static and, and kept the okay. same. Interest. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So um, out of all the different like pieces in the entire collection, um, which one is the which one dates back the farthest? Like which one is the oldest? Oh, that's that's a stumper. Um, <laughs> we've got quite a few older pieces. Uh, they're primarily Asian pieces, sculpture, mm. um, bronze pieces, um, things like that. Um, and um Although they, you know, didn't sort of pass down through the family like you would yeah, an heirloom. Yeah. These were all right. purchased in the 30s, 40s, and 50s by the Kaufmans who were collecting art. So they were buying them through galleries. Um, but we have a we have a very interesting um, piece. I know the the Madonna and Child uh, sculpture, which is a wooden sculpture dating to the 1400s, oh, wow. is a piece in uh, Lillian Kaufman's bedroom here. So that's that's one of the oldest ones. Um, still in great condition considering its age and yeah. uh, we we keep an eye on it but um, yeah our newest piece dates to the 1970s I believe oh wow so um, yeah those are pieces that were collected by Edgar Kaufman Jr. Um, while he was sort of acting as curator of the house uh, yeah after the, after the donated gift and before his death in 1989. Wow. Yeah. So um, out of all the different pieces in the house, I know you said the Kaufmans um, mainly curated and collected a lot of the different pieces. Um, I know that Frank Lloyd Wright was very like meticulous with his uh, building and the way that he wanted everything designed. So were there some uh, are there some art pieces that were that are in the collection now that uh, Frank Lloyd Wright like added on his own? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the furniture, especially we consider that part of the art collection. So yeah. Um, you know, one of the tricks he did with his clients was to uh, put built-in furnishings <laughs> so that the client could never move them. Right. So we have quite a few built-in furnishings. We have just under 170 pieces of Frank Lloyd Wright designed furniture. And I would say a majority of them are um, are built-in. So it's wardrobes. It's the banquette seats right. in, in the living room, um, the wall shelving, um, those sorts of things. And then he did give us some movable pieces, which are our coffee tables, side tables, uh, floor cushions, and and that kind of thing. So yeah, um, that's the bulk of his gift. Um, he did give personal gifts to the Kaufmans. So we have a series of Japanese um, woodblock prints that he gave to the Kaufmans in the 30s, uh, inscribed on the back to, you know, them from him. Right. Um, but um, it was a it was sort of an atypical house in that he didn't have um, a lot to do with the general decoration of the house or selection of paintings and things. That was that was all right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, like out of all the different uh, different types of like pieces like furniture, uh, furniture, paintings, uh, woodblock prints, whatever. Um, do you have a a personal favorite? Um, of yours I have many I have I can <laughs> two that I'll tell you about just because they're kind of the most recent okay favorites um, one is the cast iron kettle that right designed for the fireplace and this is a large it's probably two feet in diameter 
Wow. Um, it's suspended on its own kind of cast iron hanging hardware, um, but it's hinged. Uh, and so you would ideally fill it up with wine. Um, you would sort of move it over the flame. It would warm up and then you could move it out. It has a little spigot in the bottom. So, you know, it's this wonderful kind of contraption. Um, very simple looking, but very difficult to use. Yeah. So we don't think they used it too often. Um, right. So right now it's just kind of this dramatic um, piece that's part of the fireplace hearth. Um, and then a couple of years ago, we um, did some um, conservation and preservation work on the built-in phonograph stereo system that's just inside the front door of the house. And um, we replaced the phonograph itself. Um, the one that was inside of there had um, long been damaged and was not repairable. Right. Yeah. And uh, we worked with our wood conservator to um, to do some conservation on the woodwork, the cabinetry. We brought in a tech specialist to make sure that the speakers were still operable. And uh, and then for New Year's Eve in 2020, maybe 2021, mm -hmm. uh, we put some we put some music on a little Auld Lang Syne to celebrate oh, nice. the year and did a recording of it to make sure that it works. So that's kind of a new special thing in the house that's again, something we can you know play for reception or a special yeah. tour and um, add a different fourth dimension kind of quality to the to the experience. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely uh, fantastic. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. So this is just this wasn't on the the list of questions, but this is just me thinking right now. I'm I'm just curious, how much does it cost to maintain? um this this house per year because i know a you said it there, you said there's like a lot of leaks like it's it, it's old like it's falling apart uh in yeah. some places like i'm just i'm curious how much um it costs <laughs> to yeah. maintain it's it's not a static figure so we don't i mean it doesn't cost the same thing every year so we right. tend to stack up projects and then uh, raise funds through grants or through private donations to complete work. So a preservation project that's ongoing right now is a three-year project to um, repair our concrete, um, to do some grout injection in the stone walls, to do mm -hmm. conservation of the steel windows, uh, and replace all the roofing membranes. And that's a project that's totaling around $5.5 million dollars. Oh my goodness. So that's that's a big project. That's a project we would probably do every 20 years. Yeah. Um, conservation of artwork, um, you know, the care of the collection is nowhere near that. Um, and that's more kind of annual costs that that we, you know, um, we budget for. So that's part of our operation budget. But you know, exact figures are hard because it's always depending on what the issue is. So, you know, painting conservation is is different than woodwork conservation, but um, yeah, yeah, it's it's very complex. And thankfully, we have you know a lot of friends of Falling Water and a lot of of um, interest in our organization and the house uh, from different grants and different uh, foundations and things that give us money. So yeah, we, we are able to take care of the house with with Good. Um, with some friends to help. Yeah, 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 definitely, of course, yeah. yeah. So sh shifting gears back to the um the art collection um i'm i'm curious what uh what is the most like expensive piece in the collection not per se as like the one that was bought for the most but maybe the one that or maybe actually we could do both the one that was bought mm -hmm. for the most and then the one that's uh worth the most uh today like in this day and age the answer to both of those questions is the house itself 
Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, it, because it's it, it's an irreplaceable object. So you you think you're you're thinking expense. I think value. Right. So right. the house itself is is one of a kind. Uh, most of the artwork in the house. Uh, came to us as a gift from Edgar Kaufman Jr. Um, yeah, yeah. And we don't have receipts. We don't have, you know, we don't have an idea what they paid for it, if they did pay for it. Right. Um, right. We pick up things every once in a while and we think, was this something they purchased? Was it a gift? Mm -hmm. um, you know, they owned a department store in Pittsburgh. Um, so was it something they brought from the store? So those kinds of stories we we don't know much about. Um you know, as far as the collection items, but um, everything in the house we consider, you know, irreplaceable. So if something falls and hits the floor and breaks, it's lost its provenance and importance because yeah. it was something that was was handled and touched by members of the Kaufman family. Right, um, yeah. Or, or you know, might have been painted by an important painter. So if we have water yeah. damage, we're always worried about the loss of an object. Um, that might be under a leaky wall or a roof or something. So yeah, because if it, yeah. I mean, if it if it breaks and you replace it, like it's kind of lost that like significance of right. like the originality yeah. of it, right? Yeah, right. of course. Yeah, we we don't do like I said, we have replacement objects, but we don't have a lot of of um, replicas. So we're right. not we're not um, you know making duplicates that are not that are modern. So we're not reproducing our paintings. Yeah. And um, that sort of thing. So. Most everything in there is one of a kind, basically. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 So out of all the different pieces um, in the collection, uh, I know you said you don't know a ton about a lot of the um, a lot of the ways that they came into um, the collection. So maybe uh, if there's a more recent piece, like are there any interesting stories of how it was like acquired um, or something like that? The well, the Japanese woodblock prints, I think, are very interesting in that um, there's a long history with Frank Lloyd Wright being interested in woodblock prints as a collector. Right. Um, that goes back to his years of traveling to Japan and working in Japan. Um, you know, in the lean years when he did not have a lot of clients and he wasn't making a lot of money and unable to pay his, you know, office associates and architects, he would often use them as currency. So he would say, I can't pay you right now, but I can give you these woodblock prints and they're valuable and, you know, know yeah. that. And, yeah. Um, but the, the the drawings or the paint, the woodblock prints that we have in the collection are interesting, too, because, like I said, they were sort of selected by him for the family. They were inscribed. We have a great um, letter from Lillian Kaufman um, from 1938 that she wrote on New Year's Day. Um, where she's describing sitting at the desk in her room, looking out, you know, this sort of winter scene through her windows, and there's this beautiful woodblock print um, that he had given her there next to her of of irises. So mm. it's this sort of floral kind of springtime thing, and um, and she's looking out at you know the snow and and um, you know, the, the winter landscape, her first yeah. winter in the house. Yeah. So those kind of personal stories, I think, are really nice. They add a lot to the history of of some of the artwork in the collection, but then also kind of give us insight into how the Kaufmans felt about living in the house. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely cool. So um, I actually was I was able to um, visit Falling Water 
um, a couple months ago with my uh, with my class. And it was it was a really wonderful like experience to see all of these different like pieces of art in this house that is a piece of art. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just I, I'm I'm curious, like since you've worked there for so long, um, has your your experience of like taking in some of the art and like just looking at it as it just kind of has it has it mellowed at all or has it always no. been like changing and you see new different things uh, every time? We I see new things every time. Um, a few years ago, we went through a full kind of conservation of all of our paintings in the house. So we yeah. had. Um, we had them assessed, we got treatment estimates from our conservator, and we kind of took them out two by two uh, over the winter to have conservation done. There's a wonderful portrait of Edgar Kaufman Sr. in the kind of dining area of Falling Water, where he's sort of dressed in his hiking gear, he's got a walking stick in his hand. Um, it's a painting that was uh, completed about 10 years before Falling Water was, so it's mm-hmm. got a, a wonderful kind of history to it. Um, and it it had aged in such a way that we wanted to have it cleaned. Yeah. Um, and so we took it down off the wall. And what I had not noted noticed before was that the artist, Victor Hammer, who painted it, had left a sort of a piece of paper affixed to the back of the painting that mm-hmm. said, you know, do not clean this painting with X, Y, and Z chemical. Yeah. And um, so he was leaving instructions for this conservator working, you know, almost 90 years later. Wow. Um, about how it should or shouldn't be cleaned, which was fantastic. It had a lot to do with the the different paint pigments that he was using. Um, that's that's cool. <laughs> that whole that whole process of cleaning it meant that you were taking off layers of varnish that were added to protect the painting. Mm-hmm. Um, when you remove those layers of varnish, you realize that, you know, its proximity to the fireplace, the Kaufmans were smoking near it, that there was all this kind of buildup and film on top of the painting. And once you remove that varnish, you saw the the painting sort of come to life. So we got to see that in various stages of conservation. And that was always sort of surprising to me that your eye gets used to looking at something, um, but it's not the same, it's not the same um, painting that the Kaufmans saw in 1929 when it was delivered to their house. Right. Yeah. um, Change. Yeah. And and it's, you know, it's just like one piece in the collection like that, that every piece has a little weird thing or or interesting artist or maker or manufacturer that is always kind of fun to learn about. Yeah. So one of the paintings that stuck out to me um, whenever I went in uh, toward Falling Water was the um, the original uh, Picasso um, that you guys had in. It was one of the bedrooms, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious. Could you uh, could you talk a little bit about um, a little bit about that one? Sure. I mean, again, these are pieces we don't know much about. This is all uh, part of Edgar Kaufman Jr.'s collection and uh, of his parents. Um, it's a print. Uh, I'm trying to remember how many prints were in the edition or how many you know prints were in the series, but um, it's the smoker. I think is what you're thinking of in the master yes. bed. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's an interesting piece. They they were very interested in modern art, um, and probably purchased that piece through through a dealer either in Pittsburgh or in probably New York City. Yeah. Um, but thinking about this is a this is a Picasso painting hanging on the wall. Um, again, I'm not remembering 
quickly what year it was. I want to say it's probably from the 1940s or 1950s. Okay. But in the room itself, it's on the wall and it's opposite of that 15th century Madonna and child. Right. So you have this really eclectic collection just in one room alone. There's a painting yeah. by an English painter. There's, um, you know, an American kind of Windsor chair. So there's American craft, there's modern art, there's historic, you know, architectural sculpture. Um, there's a rug in that room that uh, is made with um, fox uh, and skunk skins. Yeah. So you have kind of this local um, culture kind of represented. So it's an interesting little, you know, assembly of eclectic tastes and materials. But, um, you know, if you were to put them all into a museum exhibition, I don't know how it would look. If you put it into a historic house like this and you have this kind of family history and context, I think it becomes an interesting piece. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just a bunch of uh, just a culmination of all different like yeah. uh, human time aspects or whatever the right. heck. Yeah. A, yeah. 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 So. Yeah. So um, last question um, before we wrap stuff up, uh, I I do wonder if you have a guess. And I know you said you did. You don't know a ton about the entire collection. Um, but uh, do you have do you have a guess on how much the entire uh, collection is worth, per se? No, um, no, we have we have things um um, valued when we um, take them out for conservation and that thing, but we haven't done a full assessment of the value. Again, it's gotcha. all all it's, valuable or it's all irreplaceable. So it's, it's always priceless. Hard to put a value on it. Yeah, yeah and it, especially you know we we look at the Franklin Wright furniture that way because Wright designed all of his furniture to fit a specific house or a specific building. Right. So if you take the furniture out of Falling Water and put it into another house or put it into the Guggenheim, yeah it doesn't fit it essentially loses its value because it's not home so right yeah yeah going through this interview that was honestly the answer that i was expecting but i still was like and eh, we'll ask the question we'll see yeah we'll see why yeah. not but yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. um so that's pretty much all i had those are all the the questions and stuff i had uh planned for this so right. uh so thank you very much, Scott, for coming on and uh, let me ask you some questions about uh, Frank Lloyd Wright and the exhibit. Yeah. Uh, to any to anyone listening, if you get the chance, go down to uh, Mill Run and see the uh, Falling Water House. It's absolutely fantastic. And yeah, it's a really wonderful experience and can't do it justice talking about it. You got to go see it. Um, absolutely. But, but yeah, so yeah, thank you again uh, very much for coming on this. And yeah. Um, that's pretty much all we've got. Great. Bye. Thanks, Ethan. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it. Thank you again. For, uh...